1: is the pack a day podcast.
2: Welcome back to the pack a day podcast episode 1065. I am your host Maggie Loney joined as always by Jimmy Christensen on the Thursday edition of the show. And today we thought we'd do a mailbag since we're kind of in the middle of the dead time in the offseason we just wrapped up minicamp voluntary OTAs and now we've got a couple weeks to wait before our training camp starts and we find out what the heck is going on with Aaron Charles Rogers but um Jimmy how are you doing
1: good it's uh it's obviously we record on Wednesday Bucks play tonight I can't wait uh hanging out with family today I'm I'm on summer break, so I'm always in a good mood how about you
2: yeah I mean I'm hoping that when people listen to this tomorrow we're talking about the Bucks taking a lead in the series but i sure hope so nobody uh if that doesn't happen we're gonna have to have andy cut this out before he posts (laughs) the the recording but yeah i i feel like my fear the deer shirt has been unlucky so i decided to not wear it tonight which should mean that the bucks take a take a lead so smart we'll see what happens Yeah. yeah i get that same way i stopped wearing uh
1: i had a long sleeve bucks one and I stopped wearing it after they lost uh, the Nets. They were down 0-2. I stopped wearing it and I won't wear it again this until next season.
2: Yeah, the luck needs to like refresh, I think. Yeah. And you you give it a break, but let's, <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just dive right into the mailbag. So the first question that we have is from Joey and he says if you had to get a packer or a tattoo of one packer, he says player, but you know, I guess you can interpret it how you want. What yeah. player would it be?
1: Uh, I, that's one, yeah, that's a funny one. I laughed when I read that initially. Um, I think I would do Preston Smith's sack celebration tattooed on me just cause I like when he leans back and yells, I think that's so cool. I'd probably get that one tattooed.
2: Yeah, so I've actually been thinking about this a lot today, Joey, so thank you. Um, (laughs) Instead of working, like, at my normal job, I've just been thinking about this. But I've for a a while, since I went to Jerry Kramer's um, Hall of Fame induction, I was going to get a You Can If You Will tattoo, since that was Mm. a big part of his speech. But since I'm seeing now that Joey specifies player, um, either the BJ Raji um, sack dance or his touchdown dance, I guess he did it for a bunch of things, or the... uh, the kramer lifting vince on his shoulders but that would be like a that would take up like my whole calf probably yeah
1: (laughs) you'd have to you'd have to get that bj Raji one like on your bicep or something so when you flex it moves a little bit too i was gonna
2: say thanks for not saying like on my stomach thanks for putting my (laughs) muscle
1: (laughs) no if i was saying me i'd say stomach nobody else
2: (laughs) Uh, all right so we have a question from todd um he said number one how dare you so todd yeah, uh
1: when he said that, I was crying. I love the office. When he put that one, I have a question. How dare you?
2: That's uh, I say that to my husband all the time for other reasons, but um so Todd, thank you as yeah, always thanks, for listening Todd. to the show. Um <laughs> Dusty Evely asks, How much does the skill set and versatility of Amari Rogers help the offense?
1: It's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that one it really is. I, my favorite thing with Amari Rodgers, I think we finally have a player. Like, MVS's speed is you never know he's going to catch the long ball, and that's a game changer. But with Amari Rodgers, I think he really is our our only receiver right now that he can score anywhere on the field that he touches it. Like, it could be a, a slant, and he could take it to the house just because he's so dynamic there. I know Devontae has – he's he can be pretty shifty, but I just don't think anyone really matches up the way Amari uh, Rodgers kind of has that. Uh, he also provides just more – hopefully just a punt returner that i don't get terrified for every time that there's a punt um but I, I don't know i just think his his explosiveness and his his playmaking ability especially in the open field is just something that we haven't really had we haven't had that true slot receiver in a few years really since randall cobb left so i think that's just a, gonna be a breath of fresh air and seeing what he can do and having him with that jet motion he'll be probably the most skilled player that we've had do that because no offense to like ty uh tyler irving like he's he played a really good role for us, but just the skill set Amari Rodgers has is obviously a little bit better than of what Irving did.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's just kind of a unique wrinkle for Matt LaFleur. We've seen EQ is a big slot. We've seen MBS in there a little bit. Devontae obviously took steps there, but Matt LaFleur hasn't had like the Amari Rodgers body type yet in his offense with the Packers. So I think yeah. regardless of who's playing quarterback, having a weapon... Like you said, whether it's in the quick game, I think with Jordan Love, that would be huge if he needs to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Yep. Um, that That's a big piece for kind of that middle of the offense that we haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, Tobias from Germany sends his greetings and he says, what is your favorite Packers memory in your life? So this is this is a pretty deep one.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think for me, I'm going to cut this. I'm going to ignore this one because I, it's probably everybody's but the packers winning the super bowl in 2000 well technically 11 that season like that was my my first one i really got to watch and really sink in for me so that one is a big moment for me uh another one and i've mentioned this too i think on a podcast me and jacob did was uh when i lived in china um when it was thanksgiving i was able to kind of i was able to watch it live i didn't have work the next day and that was a game that like brett Favre came bart Bart Starr, rogers were there you ended up losing that game, but it was finally one of the first ones where I felt I was definitely super homesick at the time. And that was just a moment just seeing those guys and being able to watch football live again. That was just kind of like a big breath of fresh air that I needed at that time. So that one always sticks with me.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I think it has to be the super bowl just because it's something that, you know, we're obviously hoping we get to see again, but if not, it was a defining moment like for your, your fandom and why you're a Packers fan. But I think to me, it's just the first time I got to go to Lambeau Field with mm. my family, like to to take it in and obviously crying the first time I came out of, um, like into the bowl. Like it's just, it's significant yeah. to be there and feel it for the first time, even though it's not necessarily like a game-based memory.
1: Yeah. I've never forget, like uh, going to training camp for the first time. I know it's not a game, but that was also like a huge, just seeing the players ride the bikes out to the state, uh, out to practice, like Signing autographs after like in my brain at that age, I was like, oh, players don't do this. They just play and they leave right away. But just seeing the interaction with the fans and everything was kind of the first times where I was like, oh, Packers are a little bit different. This is really like a like a family team kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, that that always stood out to me too. those training camps when I was little.
2: Yeah. And I think it just, you know, the significance of even seeing like Reggie white on a bike or Leroy Butler or Brett Favre, like the, all the old pictures, like you can just tell what the small market means to the players and the fans. Um, Now that we got really sentimental, we're going to flip it. And, (laughs) And Bryson G asks, is there a mental aspect as to why the Packers play poorly in championship games. In 14, they choked, and 16 and 19, they got the doors blown off of them. And then last year the main guys didn't really show. That's a tough one.
1: That really is. <laughs> I don't know. I like if we think last year we did have, specifically last year, like we did have players show up. Um we had those inter we had multiple interceptions against Tom Brady. Our defense showed up it's our offense really didn't at the time we needed him to Aaron Jones ended up getting hurt. So he kind of gets a pass. Um, MVS really stepped up for the offense, but yeah, I guess the big stars at that point on the offensive side, didn't really have the game that you'd expect. Um, I don't know if it is a mental thing. I really don't. I think the execution was there at times and you could chalk it up to a bad day, but I guess, yeah, if we're having consistent bad days on the big games, it could just be, a uh, mental block that some of the players that have been around since that time need to break. What do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting and obviously there's no comparison because it was a regular season game and, you know, half the roster was going through COVID protocols, but you know, the lead up to the 49ers game um, Mm -hmm. when green Bay flew out there was like, we know how it felt to leave that building. We never want to feel those feelings again. And then they had a chance to host one at home and they had the same feelings. Like to me, it's almost worse because yeah. now there's another team celebrating and hoisting a trophy like in your stadium. Yeah. I would absolutely. rather get on a plane and leave right away than have to see those guys hanging out, you know, in my my home turf. So yeah. I don't I don't know if it's a mental thing or like uh I I don't want to say it's a lack of preparation, but it did always feel like when unless it was just like the company line, you know, that could be Matt LaFleur's thing. Every coach has like a phrase, but yeah, it always felt like their worst weeks of practice were in like the biggest of moments so hopefully in year three Matt LaFleur learns how to put some of that together and then the players learn from that as well
1: yeah what do you that's what I'm wondering too now with that is maybe it's not really a mental part of the when they get into the game but it's just the preparation for it like if they're like you were just saying Matt LaFleur always said it kind of did seem like whenever it was a big game it was always a bad week of practice So maybe it's just the mentality going into practice rather than the game. And then that just translates into it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think maybe there's like, and I'm obviously not a professional athlete, so I can't attest to what the moment feels like, but you know, maybe there's like too much emphasis on it and you break your routine and you Mm -hmm. don't do the little things. Like I remember Aaron Rodgers in an interview a long time ago talking about, it might've been to McAfee, like the difference it makes when you get to sleep in your own bed or like your travel, like all these little things. So maybe it's just, you know, the emphasis going into like the week leading up to a championship game where things just feel heightened. And then you forget to do the little things that got you there in the first place. Yeah.
1: That's true.
2: Oh, that was a good question. Um, We've got one now from Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for sending something. It says, who is your dark horse for training camp? And then who in general do you think is currently flying under the radar on the Packers current roster? So we can say like the 53 from last season.
1: Yeah um my dark horse for training camp one player that i i'm interested to see what they do um because espn kind of espn also put an article out about them um they did like the stand up from uh camp and otas from each each team and they mentioned winfrey um for the packers so that could also be wide receiver. Um, that could also be because he had Jordan love and maybe Jordan love was just more comfortable throwing to him um, because of last year, but I don't know, maybe going into this off, going into training camp, even if Rogers doesn't show up, he just already has that connection. Um, so maybe he will, he'll just kind of continue off that success that he already had uh, from last or from OTAs and training camp or mini camp. Now the other one is from the 53 man roster last year kind of yeah. have a breakout I think I'm gonna have to go Josiah Deguara uh That's just the, yeah just the love Matt LaFleur has for him he, how excited he was to get him involved in the offense last year we saw him right away in week one against the Vikings they're trying to get him into it right away um he's coming in and hungry he had to miss out last year with an ACL injury so uh, I'm just excited to see what they're going to do to get him implemented in the offense because just there's no way Matt LaFleur is not going to get him going he's he was way too pumped
2: Yeah, on the team. He loved that man. That's going to be his next jersey after Big Dog retires. He'll get a Daguara jersey for his birthday. Absolutely. Um, For me, um, let's see. I think for my dark horse, I'll take Patrick Taylor. I know that Kylan Hill coming in, you know, got a lot of looks. I mean no disrespect to Dexter Williams. I don't think that he's really in contention at this point. I think he's had a lot of opportunities, and he hasn't really stuck. Um, But Patrick Taylor kind of had his rookie season just taken from him, never got to be healthy, didn't really start practicing until December. Um, But by all accounts, he's been looking really good in OTAs and some of these voluntary workouts. So I think he's a guy to keep an eye on for running back three I could honestly even see the Packers keeping four and see him being the fourth guy if they also keep Kylan Hill. So yeah, I, I like him. I'm excited to see him in the preseason. Um, and then flying under the radar, I'm going to take Alan Lazard. And I know that that's not really, he's on everybody's radar at this point, but I think he's the forgotten guy in the room right now. We're talking about Devonte Adams. Obviously his extension is looming. Talking about MVS. Amari Rogers is the new shiny toy, but Alan Lazard is on pace for a really nice season before he got hurt. So you know we'll yeah. see I think I think especially if Rodgers comes back I think Jordan Love can get on the same page with him but he was yeah. Rogers' guy on third down so mm-hmm. he yeah. might be in the offense for that reason
1: I think it, it it he definitely has been overlooked just with the love and hate that MVS gets like that gets so much attention yeah. from fans Devante is obviously Devante um and now with the Aaron Rodgers drama that's really all people are thinking about but yeah Lazard this really could be a big year for him I know he uh I read a couple things too that he made some big catches from Jordan Love this last on those days that Jordan Love, the good days Jordan Love had, yeah. um, Alan Lazar was on the receiving end of from a lot of those, uh, a lot of those passes. Yeah.
2: It'll be fun to watch. I'm I just can't wait to get up to Green Bay and get to training camp. Yeah. Um, Joe from St. Cloud says, Is it even worth watching the Packers anymore now that Jamal Williams is gone? <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh I don't, I'm, not, I'm looking forward to the Lions game because I always like playing division rivals, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough watching him play against the Packers.
2: Are you going to get to the opener? Do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I plan on it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to try to go. Yeah. The big thing, my daughter's birthday is the 18th. So we'll celebrate right on the 18th. Cause that's a Saturday. And then I'll have like a two month old at that point. So I think I can, <laughs> I'll try to schmooze my way out of there, but
2: we'll see what happens i mean you just put him in a baby bjorn and you buy him a little cheese head and he'll be yeah get him some earmuffs exactly (laughs) it won't be cold yeah it won't be cold at that point he'll he'll love it baby's first uh division rival game so (laughs) love that um aaron asked again this is a good one if you could have your memory erased for one packers play so that you could relive it what would that play be
1: Mm, this one's two-part for me okay the game that the Packers were down against the Bears in 2018 and Cobb had that pass from Rodgers and took it to the house mm-hmm. to take the lead. I want to play that. I want to see that again for the first time, but I also want that kid's reaction happening at the same time next to it. So I want those thing those things to happen. Cause I didn't see his reaction for a while after. So I want those things happening live one more time. I think like a I- simulcam. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm actually taking Another touchdown from that game, I'm taking the Geronimo Ellison over Kyle Fuller touchdown mm. uh, because that to me was just, that's when I was like, oh man, they might actually be able to get back into this game. And I know Cobb was the one that like put them over, but yeah. that was just so surprising with a hobbled, like one-legged Rodgers. Um, the other one I thought about just because it, it to me is like one of the most epic Packers plays in history is the, the miracle of Motown, the Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, Like, that felt improbable in the yeah.
1: moment. Oh, no, absolutely. I'd love to see Tremont um, Williams pick six against the Falcons. Yeah. That one was another. When that happened, that's when I was like, oh, we won this game. Like, that was mm-hmm. like the steal the deal for me. So I'd, I'd like to watch that one again,
0: too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: is asking this is like a four-parter so we'll we'll go through these um well first he says what's the point of the giant tackle donuts they've used in practice um can you see a sit-in style cut happening after training camp which is an interesting question Mm. is the defensive line deep enough and how much less will special teams suck this year so feel free to break that into parts yeah (laughs) that was a lot
1: the first one with the donut tackling thing i'll be honest Don't know. Do you know?
2: Probably to wrap up, like you can't tackle a
1: ball. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Easy to roll and make them go after. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll Google that later. (laughs) All right. Then the second one was sit-in style cut during the season during training camp. I don't. That's a good question. I really don't know. I'm trying to think of a player, and we just signed Kevin King, so I don't. I don't see him there's no we're not going to cut him right after we just signed him to a one-year deal and I don't think that'd be smart for the cornerback position anyways um I don't know I really don't think so I don't think there's really anyone like a proven veteran that's on the bubble what about you do you have anyone on mind for that or in
2: mind for that I mean maybe it's like because he used Sittin as the example but Lucas Patrick maybe or like I mean like Billy Turner I thought going into the season could be a question mark if they drafted like a tackle really high um he's so versatile and they don't really have any proven tackle depth and now you know with Bakhtiari being hurt that's like there's no way so I don't know maybe Dean Lowry but everybody's restructuring instead of getting caught so exactly yeah because yeah if he if he didn't
1: restructure I'd say he's definitely out but I think now with the restructuring, it'd take a like a horrendous training camp for him to be cut.
2: Well, and that goes into the the other part of the question. Then is is the D line deep enough? And I think if you lose Dean Maori, it's absolutely not.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. And even right now, like there's depth there, but some of it's still unproven and kind of just banking on potential. Like Kingsley Kiki is he's definitely he's shown sparks like that two sack game against the saints but he also has missed time with injury he's been a little bit inconsistent um tj slayton's that we just drafted sometimes it takes a little bit for defensive linemen to get there we have lowry and lancaster but i don't know we have depth but i don't know if it's to the level that we really need it or want it to be at at this point um but as long as kenny clark can stay healthy that that usually can be a pretty good band-aid for those uh, those holes on that line
2: Yeah. Especially when you look at the way that Joe Barry could use like Zedaria Smith or Sean Gary, he can help the defensive line without using defensive linemen. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, Kenny Clark, you know, we're hoping he stays healthy, but if he doesn't, then yeah, I think, you know, Hopefully Kingsley Kiki's continues to progress, but Tyler Lancaster's kind of a question mark and he's a run yeah. stuffer anyway. Like TJ Slayton's kind of repetitive. Yeah. Um, Dean Lowry I thought looked good in the playoffs, So maybe he's yeah. like building back on what he had built his foundation on. But yeah. last part of this question, then special teams, do you have any expectations except like better than last year?
1: <laughs> Dear God, I hope we're better than last year. I've never, like it, <laughs> it, it, it seriously got to the point where anytime there was a punt, or punt like uh, on either team. If we were punting, I was nervous. JK Scott was just gonna shank it out of bounds or get blocked. <laughs> Anytime we were getting the ball, I would just would literally cross my fingers and say, please just fair catch it, please just fair catch it. So I don't I don't know. I don't see that happening two years in a row. I don't think my heart can handle that happening two years in a row. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, with having a new coordinator, Amari Rogers brings a new little bit of life into the punt return game. We really, obviously, have to get better on punt coverage. We're one of the only—I think we're the only team last year to allow two punt returns for touchdowns. So, I don't know. Hope so. It's going to take players, though. To some players, might have to suck it up and just be on special teams, even though they don't want to. Because that is that it gets overlooked so much. But it's such an important part of the game. It's a, it's a huge game changer. So,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, and I. After Maury like first presser, I was like, I feel like I could run for, through a wall for this man. Like He yeah. has that mentality, but I think you're exactly right, where there's there might be a couple positions on like or roster spots that are dedicated to special teams, whether it's a guy like Oren Burks, mm-hmm. Ty Summers, where you don't want that to be your role, but it just becomes a necessary role because it's so needed to make necessary adjustments. Um, speaking of players maybe that could be in this realm, uh, Reverend Southpaw. I'm assuming it's Reverend. It's R-E-V. Rev Southpaw. Um, can it finally be Josh Jackson season?
1: I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> I we'll see. He they had a new DB coach last year. Now we have a new defensive coordinator. If it's not this year, it's never going to happen. Um, maybe he can find some spot at that star role, but or they'll they'll find something to kind of carve out a way for him, but. I don't know. It's been a, it's been disappointing. There's really no other word for it. He's had his moments, even filling in for Kevin King last year. Um, I know he's he definitely still gets a little too handsy. There's been a big penalties and stuff that he's cost um, cost us. But he's also made some pretty big tackles for us. I remember a few that were behind the line, even when he was at corner. So I don't know. I hope so, but I'm not holding my holding my breath. I would say probably not.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like his opportunities are even more limited now with the Packers bringing back Kevin King, obviously signed Eric Stokes, Jamar John Charles. So at this point, you know, you would think he'd have a better opportunity if even like KB and Ento and some of those roster guys weren't back, but the signing of Kevin King and then drafting two corners is like, okay, um, I guess they'll see what they have in him, but it doesn't really sound like there's a whole lot happening for him. At least now we'll see maybe where he kind of starts training camp in the preseason. Um, this is a good one from UK Cheesehead. Who is most likely to not get paid in the future, Jair Devante Zadarius?
1: Mm. I I hate myself for this. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be Devont. If I had to pick one, I'd pick Devontae. Not because the Packers won't pay him, but if this Rogers drama keeps pa- playing out this way there there's a real possibility. He, he even said he'd have to think about it a little bit more when he was on one of the dumb debate shows. I forgot if it was no Colin coward, the, the herd, I think he was on. Um, and I, if Rogers leaves, there's a chance he just doesn't want to play with a unproven quarterback and maybe even wants to follow Rogers. So I'd say because of that, probably Devante.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's tough. I feel like Jair is the biggest lock. Um, yeah. I think maybe it's my bias that says Zedarius Smith has to come back because he's like the new face of the defense. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, the way he says he wants to retire a Packer and all those things. But yeah, I think it I think it could be Z. And I think, you know, Jair is most deserving, which is really hard to say, but he's the youngest. He's going into his biggest contract. Um, it makes the most sense to prioritize him. Um, but Devante is such a vital part of the offense that it would be really hard to see them moving on from him. And if, you know, we saw Aaron Jones come back, maybe it was a little bit of a pay cut to stay. I don't think Devontae necessarily would do that or should do that, especially now that he's got a family yeah. to take care of. But I could see Z being the odd man out, and I could see maybe that's why they're kicking the can down the road on some of these guys and doing, like, little restructures instead of extensions yeah. because they just don't know what they're going to be able to prioritize as far as pay and payment um, is concerned but let's see. We got so many now that there's there's a lot going on. <laughs> uh, Packer Ken, why are the 2021 Packers not the same Packers that won the Super Bowl? And what happened to the McCarthy offense? But seriously, assuming Rodgers and Love are the top two, do the Packers keep a third quarterback? And what's your guess? Or I guess who's your guess?
1: Do they keep another quarterback? Um. I think so. I think they'll keep another quarterback, uh, roll into a three, even if one just stays on practice squad. Um, I think you'd, I hope it's Bankert <laughs> just cause he's just already a fan favorite. Um, his hair's majestic. Um, I think it's, I hope it's him. Uh, it'd just be fun to have him on the team, honestly, just for a fan perspective, but I could see them rolling in with three quarterbacks. Um, even if Rogers isn't there, I think they definitely keep three. They'd have Bortles, Banker maybe, and then Love. But I think regardless, I'll go in with three. What about you?
2: It's tough, yeah. I th- I think, and I don't mean this, and like, uh, there's gonna be a bunch of drama, but it does make you wonder. And I know Aaron Rodgers has said it's not about Jordan Love, and Jordan Love has said that he and Rogers are really good friends, but like, you do wonder what it would be like in the quarterback room if it was just those two to start the season. So I feel like somebody will be in there as a buffer. Mm-hmm. If Rogers is the starter, I could see Bankert as like a practice squad guy, yeah. um, but at least being in the room. Um, if Jordan love is there and Aaron Rodgers is not, then I think probably Blake Bortles would be the backup because you'd want some vet presence in the room and Bankert just doesn't have that. Yeah. But yeah, I think for sure there'll be at least three quarterbacks in, um, probably two on the practice squad, yeah. active roster, maybe three and then one on the practice squad, but that's tough. It's yeah. we're, we've, we've talked, I think everybody's talked all we can about the quarterbacks now and we just have to wait and see, wait and see what happens, which, you know, we're all so good at being patient. Yeah. Um, Mono Jameson is asking who else other than the Packers are contenders to win the superb owl cup this year? What? Cool. <laughs> Super
1: Bowl. <laughs> Super. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, "Wait, is this something I just don't know about?" I thought it was yeah. Anyways, um, besides the Packers, obviously you had to put the Bucks, reigning champs, kept everyone. Uh, Chiefs, for sure. Uh, I think, honestly, the 49ers are a team that I think could easily bounce back. They're getting so many pieces back that were hurt because of COVID – or not COVID, because of just injuries last year. Bosa's back. Uh, Solomon Thomas is back. Even regardless of what they have at quarterback, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the, car- the quarterback for the year, I still think they're a Super Bowl contender. We saw they were a Super, con- Super Bowl contender that year he played. Uh, the Bills, I hope, come out of uh, the AFC, though, or the Browns for you and your husband. Um, I love like that. But, I don't know, I think, I think that's really about it. I could see the Colts maybe, depending on Wentz, just because they have a really good defense and some dynamic pieces on the offense. But I think the big ones are really just the Chiefs, Bucks, um, Bills, and the AFC as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, this feels like it has to be the year that you kick the door in if you're the Packers. And, you know, we said – Earlier in the show, they've kicked the can down the road on so many contracts, especially if Rogers is back. You know, the Saints have always been contenders the last couple seasons and now they don't know who their quarterback is. Yep. Yes, you have the Bucs, you have the 49ers. I think the Rams might be the biggest threat left in the NFC. And getting Matt Stafford is a huge upgrade at quarterback. Like yeah. that's terrifying to me. I think the Rams are gonna be like the real deal this year. Um, but I think a lot of the competition is in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Bills, I think the Dolphins are going to be better this year. The Browns, the Ravens, you could argue the Steelers if Big Ben doesn't look like a shell of his former self. I mean, there's a lot of like really young talent. The Chargers even could kind of be involved in this. Um, Obviously the Chiefs. So if you're an NFC team, I feel like this has to be one of your best shots. And then you just kind of take your lumps, the Titans with whoever is an yeah. AFC contender, because there's just so many on that in that conference this year.
1: Um, I totally forgot about the Titans getting Julio Jones for a second. God,
2: Yeah. I think we're all trying to forget on purpose, but yeah, good point.
1: <laughs> that offense can be so
2: scary. Robin Lawrence. Um, if I remember correctly, Robin, you're in Scotland. So, appreciate the question. He says the Packers always talk about moving on from someone a year too early rather than a year too late. But who is somebody that you um, that was let go that you would have kept around with hindsight, obviously, now about what their production was like?
1: Yeah. The big two that stand out for me are both defense, and that's Micah Hyde and Casey Hayward. Um, I think both of them just played a really Mike High was a pro bowler when he went to the Bills. Casey Hayward had some really good years um, for the Chargers. I know he was just let go um, this past offseason, but um, they both left and had some really good careers um, post Packers. And so those are definitely two players I wish we would have kept, especially for the troubles we had in the secondary for for a couple seasons.
2: Yeah, I think those are the best two recent examples as far as, you know, production. I think, you know, like fan bias, people would want Jordy Nelson. You could argue Randall Cobb would have been really fun just to see what he's like in a Matt LeFleur offense. Yeah. So hopefully we get a glimpse of that with Amari Rogers. But, you know, if you keep Clay Matthews, then you don't have Zedarius and Preston Smith in the season they had. So, yeah, I think, I think Micah Hyde would have been my pick as far as like the production that he's continuing to have with Buffalo. Um, we only have two questions left, so Correct. we'll not we'll knock these out. Um, JZ77 says, "Not saying it will happen, but if the Packers were to sign Rodgers to an extension and then trade Jordan Love, who do you see as the most likely trade partners, and what would the compensation be?" So, not for Aaron Rodgers, we're talking compensation for Jordan yeah. Love. It's such
1: a weird time in the NFL, and this was – I felt like last year too where there felt like a little bit of a surplus of quarterbacks at times. Like Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough right now because I don't know who would – I guess the Steelers would be an option because they need someone to replace Big Ben eventually. Um, or if the Saints don't like what they have with Jameis, uh, Winston, and Taysom Hill, those, those are kind of two teams that stand out. But all the crappy teams from last year, like the Bengals have Burrow, the Jags have Lawrence – should be Minshew but whatever. <laughs> um so I guess maybe the Steelers and I think right now because they they haven't no one has seen him play like not even us in a game setting which doesn't help the Packers but it also doesn't hurt the Packers. I have a hard time believing I get a first round pick but hopefully at least a second.
2: Yeah that's really interesting. The Steelers were the team that I was thinking of too just because of that presence or, I mean, I think they have like what Mason Rudolph behind him, but that's yeah. nobody cares about Mason Rudolph. Um, <laughs> so that would be really interesting. I guess it depends, you know, with like, I mean, and maybe some of these guys aren't, aren't all that great. Right. Like there's no disrespect to like Mac Jones, but maybe he's not the guy or Belichick wants competition in the room. So like, yeah, you know, or, you know, we're hearing reports that Tua might be struggling a little bit in camp and it's yeah. early, it's unfair to a lot of those guys, but, um, you know, like the Raiders, maybe if Derek Carr's not the guy for them, you know, it's not going to be an NFC North team, but you know, the teams that maybe would need a quarterback in the future would be like the Vikings or the Lions if they don't know who they have. Um, But yeah, that's really interesting. There's, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of teams right now that are like really hurting for quarterback. Maybe the Texans, that would be kind of wild to see him go down there, but yeah. You are right that it. I was thinking the same thing where it feels like we almost have too many quarterbacks right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, kind of circulating. The last question is from Jeff Olson. He says, "Who's your Packers undrafted free agent darling this year?" Oh, that's I a good one.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna pass this one to you. I wish I did my homework before
2: this because I really I don't have one at this point, so I'm gonna pass this one to you. To me, Christian Upoff is probably the guy, and I. I don't know if he would be a darling to me. I haven't, you know, gotten to see him yet making any type of contribution, but I think that he's really interesting. I think he can kind of be not necessarily the star. He might be able to play the star, but we know that in the Joe Berry defense he drops his strong safety quite a bit into the box, and I think that Uphoff could be one of those guys if you want to keep Amos and Savage, you know, as as your deep too. Yeah. Um. And he's just got a bigger body type. He's more like a a Raven Green kind of player where he's really muscular to play safety. And I think he did have some linebacker experience in college, which would be nice. We know Joe Barry loves his inside linebackers. But yeah, I don't know. There weren't honestly too many this year just because the Packers had like 84 guys on the roster after the draft. So they didn't really get to sign too many. Um. Yeah. The only other option I could think of would be Koi Kronk which I thought he had an outside shot at getting one of the tackle spots, but now it sounds like Ben Braden and there's a couple other guys, Royce Newman, who could be in the competition. So, yeah, I don't know. Lots of names to keep an eye on. All right. I'll mark those down and
1: I'm just going to name What you said, (laughs) I agree with Maggie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is all the questions that we have. So we can wrap this one up, keep these shorter in the off season um hopefully you enjoyed this if you have any more questions feel free to hit us up on twitter and we'll do our best to answer them maybe we can answer some next week as well but jimmy if all the people listening want to follow you on social media how can they do that yep you can follow me at uh jimmy underscore c08
1: um anything i do whether it's for pack a day pack a report game on wisconsin will be posted there uh you can find me at um, on Whiskaholics comes out every Thursday. Uh, pack a day every Thursday as well. When the season starts, or when training camp and stuff starts, I'll be back doing my live show every Wednesday. Uh, Lombardi's Bar over at Game on Wisconsin. So just keep an eye out on Twitter. Twitter Again, Jimmy underscore C08. All my stuff was posted there.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV, and I also do the Packs with she said podcast with Perry Goldstein. Uh, we have a live show once a month, and we're also trying to get into Twitch a little bit we're new at it but you can follow the podcast on twitch Uh, you can also follow the pack a day podcast at pack a day podcast on twitter you can find the podcast on apple google spotify stitcher tune in or you can ask your alexa and i'm hoping that mine nope she didn't hear me okay perfect (laughs) (laughs) Um, make sure that you subscribe rate the podcast tell everyone how much you love the show it is the only packers podcast dedicated to 365 days a year of content so thank you as always for listening to the show go pack go